All right, so this is a special time, and we've talked about the different aspects of it. Because for some it's great, for others it's not so great. But all the time, the one thing that I hope you've been hearing from here is, our king is still king. He is still Lord. He is still sovereign. He still reigns. And so when you think about the last couple of years, we're, we're so prone. I don't think we mean to. We're so prone to carry the past with us. She and I were talking about this. It's, it's kind of like walking with a ball and chain. And I know some of you are so young, you don't know what that means. But there was a time when uh, prisoners were actually chained to a ball that would keep them from escaping or um, getting away from their captors. And so what I'd like for us to do today, I really want us to do this today so very much, is to come to that place where we can truly say, God, what has happened before? Now, please understand, I know there are consequences, okay? So I'm not negating consequences. Um, but Lord, the things that have happened before, I'm going to lay them there at your feet. I'm going to give them to you, as it were, as an offering. And I'm going to move to what you have for me in this new year. This is not a New Year's resolution. This is, this is us as believers, truly understanding and Stepping into what it is to have this relationship with God that he so, so desires for us to have. So the scripture this morning, I'm going to give you a little context. But do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. This is Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now the context is important because the context is this. The nation of Israel had messed up repeatedly. Read the Old Testament. Read the prophets. It's like, guys, can you... Can you not get it right? Do we have to continue reading how you go back and do the same things, the same dumb things over and over? Well, let's move that forward a little bit and look at us and how we've done our life. Because I'm telling you, the life that God has for us as we've been celebrating the the very birth and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is amazing and wonderful, incredible. It doesn't mean it doesn't have difficulty by any means. But it's done at such a level that we're able to praise him, to give thanks in all things. Now, again, I'm not negating circumstances or consequences that have come because of really, really bad decisions. And so the question is, we, this morning is, as we look at this, what are our regrets? Because we want to take those regrets, and again, like I said, take them to the altar. So I looked up. I thought, everybody, does everybody here know who Billy Graham was? Okay. I don't know for a fact that he said this, but it was reported that these were his regrets. 
before his death. His first regret was that he had not spent as much time in the Word of God as he should have. Now think about that for a moment. And this is not for judgment or criticism. This is for evaluation. How are we, or maybe you should say, since we're, we're talking about the, this is the me time, how am I in my time in the Word of God? Is it what God wants? That's, see, that's the question. Is it what God wants? And then not only am I spending time in His Word, but am I applying that Word to my life in my daily experience? Because many of our regrets have come, like the nation of Israel, where they keep doing the same stuff, we keep making the same poor decisions, and we end up living with the consequences that come from having done so. I'll just get personal with you just for a moment, because I'm only going to take a couple here. What about our finances? We have a a team that's been meeting and praying and wanting to minister to people. We did it last Tuesday night, and I got to tell you, it really got sweet in here uh, as it just became really just a, a time of weeping, as it were, just crying together because tears can be so cleansing. But in the process of that, looking at some of the things that can keep us from having all that God wants for us to have, one of them is our finances because we've never surrendered those to completely to God because we are always moaning and groaning about the fact that we don't have as much as we think we ought to have. But if God is the God of all of our finances... We do. But on our, now, whether or not we're handling them well is a whole other story. We're going to vote on our KIP here at the end of this service, our kingdom investment plan, which is our budget for the new coming year. And the question is, have you honored God in your giving? It's a simple question. Yes, I have. No, I have not. Because one of the hindrances for us living the life that God has for us is when we're not allowing Him to have complete and total control over our finances. It's not just how much we get, but how we spend what God allows us to have. That's just one area. The other one, and this one is so recurrent, you've heard it here so much, it's, it's really, hmm, how do I want to say it? It's painful that we continue to have to deal with people about forgiveness. Many of us are going into a new year still carrying unforgiveness for what has been done to us years and years ago. Whoever it was and whatever it was they did to you, They're not the ones hurting because of unforgiveness. It's you. Regrets. How about how about let's take at least those two and say, Lord, here's my regret. I have held on to unforgiveness and bitterness. 
And today, I'm going to clean that up. Or, Lord, I have truly never allowed you to be in charge or even involved in my finances because, you know, there's spiritual stuff and there's physical stuff. And, and we, I just keep it separated. It's kind of like the government saying separation of church and state. Really? Has, has anybody read the Constitution? We want to segregate our lives and then wonder why it is that God is not working in our lives the way we think that he ought to. Now, some of that is just because we want to consume it our own pleasure. James says that in his book. But look what he says. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. We keep playing those recordings over and over and over. In our ministry of deliverance and healing, one of the things we tell people is don't let your mind continue to play those things over and over and over. If you did something wrong, do everything in your power to make it right and then move on. If something has been done to you, then do everything you can to release it and move on. Why stay as a captive as you move into a new year or any new day for that matter? Holding on to the things of the past. And letting those things cripple you for what the future is that God has for you. Look what God says to Israel in Isaiah 43. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? So let me back up to Billy Graham. First regret, word of God. You know what his second regret was? That he never really spent time with the body of Christ in a local assembly. Because he was always traveling, doing ministry, yes. But he said, I needed that kind of involvement. Isn't it amazing when we're going through difficulty, we pull ourselves away from the church? You know why? Because we're embarrassed. Because sometimes it's really stuff that we've done that we should not have done, and we're paying the price for that. And thirdly, he said, I should have spent more time with my family. If anything has been so obviously revealed in these last two years, it should be how important families are to be in Christ. That dads be well, let me rephrase, that men be husbands and fathers as they should, that women be wives and mothers as they, sh- as they should, and that children should honor parents as the Bible says they should. Listen, if you have any questions, I'm telling you right now, if you have any questions about being a husband or being a father, I can point you to the answer. It's in this book. If you have any questions about being a wife or a mother, it's in this book. If you have any questions about honoring your parents, it's in this book. What was Billy Graham's first regret? I didn't spend as much time in the words as I should. Starting next Sunday... We're going to start a new series on the seven churches of Revelations. And the reason for doing that is because we are now in that age that is being prophesied about in Revelation. Jesus speaking to the churches tells him the things that he approves of and those things which he disapproves of. 
Wouldn't that be good for us to know what those are and then take action? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about for the next eight or nine or ten weeks, however long it takes us first to get through that. But all of that is to say, let's don't live with regret. Let's don't continue to live with regret. Why should we? Why should we continue to ponder the things of the past? Now, again, there are consequences. I, I know that. Serious consequences for some people. But at the same time, behold, God says, I will do something new. Now, it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? Well, wait a minute. How am I going to be aware of it? That means I'm going to have to spend time with him to be aware of what his plans are, what his desires are, and what his heart is. And how is that life that God created for me and he created me to live in, how is it being lived out in my life every day? That's absolutely crucial for all of us. We're all made by God, created by God, blessed by God to know that his will for us is better than anything we could ever imagine. And he's asking us, in fact, he says even for them, I will even make a roadway in the wilderness and I'll put rivers in the desert. In other words, if you're Going through life right now, and you're saying, wait a minute, I can't even see the way. I can't figure out how this goes. He says, I'll make the roadway for you. Well, what about there's not the refreshment, the life that I would so desire to have? He says, I'll give you rivers, not just a drop of water, but I will give you rivers in the desert. It's so amazing how God has all this worked out, has all this worked out so that... On those days, let me rephrase, on that day when all of us, no matter who you are, all of us give an account to God for how we have lived the life that he's provided for us, we do it with joy. And we do it with gratitude of how good and how gracious and wonderful he has been to us. Back on the back table, there are a couple documents that I try to make sure they're back there and replenished as needed. Sadly, they don't get replenished. They don't have to be replenished as much as I would think they should. But that's just me. Because one of those documents lists Scripture that says, this is who I am in Christ. Because I am truly believing that so many of us don't even realize who we truly are in Christ. Because if that's the case, if we were truly realizing who we are in Christ, just look at some of the things or listen as I, I give this to you. <clears throat> Isaiah 53, 5, I have been healed. Now, wait a minute, everybody's not getting healed. What's up with that? Well, let's press in and find out. I am commissioned to make disciples. One of the amazements to me as I have been involved in ministry now for all these years, how many people don't want to be discipled? I don't get it. How is it that you can be in Christ and not desire to know more of him? And that's discipleship. And I'm going to tell you, sadly, over the years, as I've had many pastors who've been friends of mine, and we would sit down and talk about ministry and how to develop people and help them, and I would explain to them what basic discipleship is. Now, these are pastors, and they would say, I ain't doing that. 
That's too much work. Well, that's what you signed up for. Not just pastors, but any child of God. John 1.12, just to know that I am his child. <laughs> to get up every day. Morning, Father. Morning, Dad. I'm your kid. What you got for me today? I am chosen and appointed by Christ to bear fruit, John 15, 16. My life, whatever I'm involved in, there is to be fruit born in my life. Now, we talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I'll get to that in a moment. But all of that is every day for us, every one of us. It is not just for a select few. Looking for opportunity all the time. God, how do you want me to use, how do you want to use me in this relationship? How do you want to help me as I try to help others? All in the process. I'm joint heirs with 36, sharing his inheritance with him. Romans 8, 17. Romans eight thirty seven. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. 1 Corinthians 1, 2. Paul writes in this applies to all of us. I have been sanctified and called to holiness. Oh, wait a minute. Me? Me? Yeah. In Christ, we are. Again, this is not for a select few. This is for every person who ever comes to know Jesus Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. I've been given the grace in Christ Jesus. I've been placed into Christ by God's doing. I received the Spirit of God into my life that I might know these things freely given to me by God. Sadly, we do get wrapped up in our own stuff, and our own self. And we sometimes, more often than we should, forget who we are and why we're here. And it's for Him. In fact, Jesus, remember, Matthew 22, Master, What's the greatest thing? The greatest thing. What is it? Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And love others as yourself. I'm telling you before God, being my witness this morning, standing before you. If you will leave here today and you will ask the Holy Spirit of God to let you live that out of loving him with all your heart, mind, and soul, and loving others as you love yourself, I can promise you, I can promise you this before God, your life will be better. And that is a fact. Now, the other person of the Trinity, we've talked about him for the last little bit, is the Holy Spirit. So I want to give you a little summary back on the back table again, the works of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit unites us to Jesus Christ and to his body. The Spirit reveals Christ to us, gives us his life, and makes Christ alive in us. The Spirit takes the experience of Jesus, his incarnation, his ministry, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension, and brings them into our own experience. Because of the Holy Spirit, the history of Jesus Christ becomes our story and experience. Because Jesus Christ brought us or provided the way for us and the Holy Spirit in his work makes it real in our lives every day. Again, 
because of the Spirit of God living in me. He dispenses God's love into our hearts in Romans 5, 5, so it can be broadcast to others. So let's take a second. Again, I understand holidays are different for everybody, can be. But hopefully all of you had some kind of gathering for your family. And so the family's getting ready to get together. How does your family view your coming to that get-together? Do they look forward to your coming so they can see your taillights as you leave? Or do they look forward to your coming so you can have fellowship together? When they think of your coming, do they think of, oh man, can't wait till they get here because they're always so, so there's such a blessing to all of us. Or, oh my goodness, we got to put up with all that critical negativity that they bring to the party as it were. Answer the question. But don't answer the question just so you can answer the question. Answer the question so you can say, but God, what do you want to do about this? That's what it's all about in our relationship and our intimacy with him and the Holy Spirit being the one that moves and works in our life. Because it says in 1 Corinthians 2.11, the Spirit knows the things of God. Well, he knows the things of God. I want to hang out with him because I want to know the things of God. And see, this is not just hanging out with him for an hour or so on a Sunday morning. This is spending time with him wherever I am and whatever I'm doing. And by the way, and I'll go back and pull an old illustration. Some of you have heard it for years. But when I first began the ministry, one of the guys that was first assigned to me to work with was a guy who was, a, he'd just come to know Christ and he had been a gambler. And he and I would go out and witness together. We'd pray together. We had a great time, great relationship together. And then the times that we were scheduled to go out and witness and share and minister to people, he began to call and make excuses for not being there. And that went on for a little while. And after a while, he came back. He said, I need to tell you something. I said, tell me, what is it? He says, well, he said, you know, I was a gambler before I came to know Christ. He said, well, I let, I let the enemy convince me that I could be a Christian and still go back and gamble. I said, well, how'd that work out? He said, I would pull up to that place that I would typically gamble at. And I would go in because, see, I was convinced that I was going to gamble and make money I was going to give to the church. Well, you talking about a twist on whatever? He said, but I found out something. When I get to the door, the Holy Spirit wouldn't go in with me. And after a little while, he was convinced and convicted by the Holy Spirit that that was not what God had for him in his life. See, if we're allowing the Holy Spirit to have his freedom, a lot of the pain and agony and suffering that we go through could be avoided just by letting him have his place in my life, his rightful place. He's not beating me up. 
He's not stopping me. He's encouraging me. He's helping me. He's building me up. He is absolutely moving me towards success in every aspect of my life. Success as God measures it, not as man. The Spirit comforts. As I mentioned the other night as we were here praying, and there were folks here who needed comfort, and the Holy Spirit was comforting through through us as Individuals helping each other in this process. So all this is our amazing God with his incredible plan. So let's don't dwell on yesterday. Whatever's related to yesterday, deal with it biblically. If it's a sin, confess it and repent of it. If it involves somebody else, go and make it as right as you possibly can in Christ. If there is a consequence that continues to go forward because of past decisions and past circumstances, ask God to show you how to deal with it as you go forward in this new year. This life that God has given us is the most amazing gift that anybody could give because only God can give it. What we do with it and how we spend it And remember, time, once you spend it, you don't get it back. You may lose a fortune 10 times in your life, and you can gain it back. But time, when it's gone, it's gone. So ask the Holy Spirit of God to show you how he wants you to spend your time, which really is a gift from him, too, because who's holding the oxygen tube? He is. You're looking at the hospital, so let me give you something humorous. Pastor was visiting in the hospital in intensive care, and he finally it clears out enough so he can walk up to the bed. And as he gets to the bed, the person begins to gasp a little bit, and he grabs a pencil and starts writing. And he hands the note to the pastor. And just as he hands the note to the pastor, he he dies. And the pastor, you know, of course, sits back. And the nurses come in. They go through the whole process. He's pronounced dead. A couple hours later, the pastor's in his study, kind of reliving the morning. He goes, where was that note? Where was that note that he gave me? He reaches in his pocket and pulls it out. And he says, pastor, you're standing on my oxygen tube. Okay, maybe it wasn't that funny. But anyway, you get the point. We're not the ones holding the oxygen tube. God is. So as long as he lets us have that breath, let us use it wisely and well to honor and glorify him. So you're looking at a new year and a new challenge. After World War II in England, a lot of military equipment was left behind. And one of the things that was left behind was a lot of army jeeps. And so some of the farmers in England took those jeeps and started using them on their farms. And, of course, they used them for so long, after a while they wore them out. And having worn them out, or they're wearing them out, they're trying to think of something because they loved the way the jeep worked and how it served them so well on the farm. They decided to create another vehicle. You would know them as Land Rover. And so those farmers started building vehicles, Land Rovers, that are now 
very popular vehicles. So there's a Land Rover commercial, and it's a Land Rover in a difficult driving situation, and here's what it says. I'm not a Land Rover fan, don't have one, never had one, but anyway, just letting you know. It says, when you face a challenge, remember how you have faced them before. And then they go back and show previous commercials of Land Rovers facing different challenges. Every time I see that commercial, my thing is, for us as Christians, every time we face a new challenge, in this case, a new year, remember how we have faced them before. In Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that ultimately we bring bring glory to our Heavenly Father in whatever our challenge may be. It could be a financial relation or financial situation, could be a relational situation, it could be a health situation. How did we face it before? And please get this, and, and I'm I'm not being unkind, but we are in Christ. And in Christ we have an eternal relationship that has been provided for us. And so no matter what happens to this body that I live in now, the spirit that God put in me lives forever. And mine lives forever in his presence because his son Jesus is my savior. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you're so good. And so very patient with us. We, we see that with the nation of Israel. We see it with our lives today. And we thank you, thank you for the opportunity to live the life, especially in this time in history where there are so many challenges which create for us so many opportunities. And God, as we live this out now for your glory, for your honor, and for your praise, as we every day, every day determine that we're going to surrender to you, Holy Spirit. We're going to Acknowledge you, Jesus, as our Savior and our Lord, and and every day, Father, that at the end of the day, when we place our head on our pillow, we will hear from you, well done, good and faithful servant. And Lord, those who are here today who brought some stuff with them, some regrets from the past, Holy Spirit of God, would you descend upon this place in a fresh, meaningful way and help them to break those things off and release those things from their lives And be able to move forward with the challenges that are coming and are before each of us. So that we can truly, 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 Father God, demonstrate to our world that you are our Father. Let it be so real that this community can never be the same. Because you, God, are living in us and living through us. In Jesus' name, amen.